Clouds clash, lightning cracks, a volatile flash loosens in the imagination, circling leviathans slicing through the shadows. Such giants of nature move against a, a single coracle, riding the waves that drown it in fizz. The wind swipes at the kurach, sending it burling and spinning up over the top of the swell, breaching with a shudder on the other side, as a dozen men hang on, white-knuckled, while a thirteenth stirs the storm's quiddity with a single word, and the gale collapses, its anger folds, its, anger, its energy slumps, and all at once, Water is dumped as from a rung clute, thudding back into the loch. The men break, crying, Who is this? Hello, I'm Rory Hamilton, the Minister of Newcopatrick Parish, and thank you for the space you give us so regularly to worship with you. You can guess we are in a storm this week, suddenly be calmed by the one who sleeps in the boat while the disciples hang on for dear life. It's a story that ought to be read, but not simply as a one-off event, rather as a picture of a saviour always with us in every storm. That's where we meet him and hear the word that speaks peace into a violent world. And the speaking of that word is found here in worship. Holy God, that even the waves obey. Holy God, that even the storms listen. Holy God, that even the chaos complies. Dare we dare, Holy God, that such a word shaped by heaven and voiced on earth is cast on our world, our worry, our anxiety, our storms, those of our own making and those beyond us, that we might find peace, sacred peace, holy peace, in unholy times. Holy God, that word once more spoken in us, over our burdens, our hurts, our fears, our prejudices, that we might find peace, sacred peace, peace, holy peace, for the unholy in us. Holy God, become our fears, pacify our anger, placate our anxiety, soothe our worry, that we might find that safe place in you, with each other, here, now, together. The waves settle, the winds quieten, the breeze soothes, and we are at home in you. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I can't see how this story is not partly drawn from the story of Jonah, which is one everyone will have known. In the same way we all know and have known since being toddlers. The sea is not a comfortable place for the Israelites. It never has been. It's seen as a dangerous place where in the past they were attacked from the sea, the Philistines. And it was from the chaos of the water that God shaped the cosmos at the very beginning. So Hebrews were not naturally seafarers. There was Leviathan out there, sea monsters, and the, the utter chaos was a fear they carried down the generations. Thus the absolute awe of the disciples that this God, this prophet and preacher commanded the waves. What power was this? For we have never seen the likes, and, and when they react, such is their newfound fear of Jesus' power. The profanity they use, translated, who then is this, is really not repeatable in a sanctuary. One day, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out. And while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A gale swept down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? They were afraid and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. In every story, there are clues and signs that don't always, we don't always notice in the first or, or second or even a lifetime's reading. And this, perhaps, is one of those stories. So let us find ourselves sliding back through time and imagine ourselves there on the shores of the Lake Galilee. Capernaum is home. Jesus and the disciples have been there years in that crossroads of culture and politics and news, as Greeks and Romans and Syrians and Jews all crossed paths. For Capernaum was no sleepy backwater. Rather, it was a trader's town where traders and soldiers and philosophers and religious leaders all crossed. News was shared of the empire and around. Ideas too, rumours and stories were all gossiped about in the town square and market day. There, Jesus and the disciples honed their stories and ideas and manifesto, preaching to all who would listen. And one day Jesus said, 
Let's get a boat and go to the other side of the loch. We'll stop there. Before anyone thinks this will be a nice trip down the water, think again. The other side? This is not Danoon. That's This is foreign land. There be Gentiles and, and, and a different tongue and a different politics and a different culture. Aliens. The other side was further, much further than the actual distance across the lake. It means taking the familiar gospel, those first editions of the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal and the Beatitudes, out to folk who don't speak the language. The other side is beyond the borders and familiar territory. The other side is like Jonah going to Nineveh. And the disciples knew exactly how Jonah felt when asked to go to share God's message to the foreign city beyond the border of Israel. Jonah went in the other direction and that's what the 12 of them wanted to do. But it wasn't what Jesus intended. So they found themselves in a boat. But the thing they knew that terrified them and Jesus dismissed, the storms on the lake. They began in an instant as air slid down the valley sides onto the water, changing temperature, speed and light. And it was never long before a great hooli was dancing. And sure enough, that's what happened. Except Jesus was unaware, asleep, as if he didn't care. The boat was the last place these Jews wanted to be. Even though some of them were fishers, the rest knew the sea was a dangerous place. The storm curdled their stomachs and their minds. And they looked at Jesus asleep. <laughs> Does he not care? Eventually, even the seafarers among them had had enough and woke Jesus. Not gently, but with a shake and a shout. Do you not care? that we are about to perish, they cried, through the wind and the rain that whipped their words into oblivion. Capernaum was behind them, and the other side was before them. Of course there was a storm. There's always a storm as you tear yourself away from the familiar towards the unfamiliar. It's not a walk in the park, it's a tornado when you face what you don't want to face. And Jesus, within, with an audacity that became him, cried back, Have you no faith? And in an instant, all the water that was swirling in the air as rain landed back in the sea. The clouds that had been rolling down on them unrolled back into the hills. And the wind that had stolen every word they shouted became a whisper. And they stared at one another and then at him. In the name of Almighty God, who is this man? Because they had never seen the likes. No one had that even the waves, even the chaos obeyed. No one controlled the uncontrollable except Almighty Yahweh. Is it? <laughs> Their question was left in the wind and the boat shifted across the water and they found themselves torn from their familiar past and now about to step onto the other side of Gerizim. <laughs> a story for next week. But do we not all know this boat ride, this storm, this journey, leaving what is known and arriving where everything 
is unknown. This story is the first adventure of Jesus and his disciples onto Gentile land, unfriendly, foreign territory. And Jesus is tearing the disciples away from familiar, homely, safe Capernaum and find their feet on hostile shores. It's a story that recognises the utter inconceivability of doing that ourselves as a church. The storm is all about our resistance to cross over and find our feet on unfamiliar territory. But the miracle is not the calming of the storm. That actually is really not very helpful to us who don't have Jesus there to literally calm the storms today. The miracle perhaps is that Jesus remained calm while the storm raged. Let me explain. It's a story of chaos. Hebrews always loathed the sea. It was filled with monsters. Look at the Psalms and Leviathans mentioned there. Read Jonah. Find yourself with Moses at the Red Sea if you want to understand that. Everything is in flux in a storm. The horizon moves. There is no solid ground. Everything is shifting and you can't steer and the sails can't be unfurled. The other side seems a dangerous rocky shore where anyone can and does run aground but as wreckage. You can't see a thing. You're disorientated. It is chaos. Everything you relied on to explain, to steady, to understand the world is now useless. You're no longer in control, and it seems no one is. The boat is shifting and burling and swirling. If you can, just keep hold on, on until the storm passes. Except Jesus, who has found a, a comfy place for a nap. This is no quirky bit of the story. This is hugely vital to its meaning. Fine, if you want a miracle story of someone who can control the elements, you've got one here. But this is bigger than that. The earliest versions of this story was written when the destruction of the temple was happening in 6970 AD. Not just the temple, the Romans were on top of the Jews and they were destroying everything that was familiar to them. The Jews had tried to rebel and the Romans decided to stamp it out completely. Religion, temple, way of life, leadership. There was chaos as the Romans destroyed everything familiar and everything that gave meaning and foundation and solid ground. Their familiar world was unrecognisable now to the Jews. There was no safe place, even the temple, the very house of God, the last foothold was being destroyed. <laughs> no wonder you panic. Reach back to what might have been familiar but find it is no longer there. There is only the other side, the foreign and unfamiliar land. <laughs> How familiar does that sound? Except Jesus sleeps. But when he wakes, he is found to be more powerful than any chaos, any storm, any empire. The truth of the story in this reading for people in chaos in war-torn Ukraine, terrorised Israel and Gaza, 
a world that feels unsteady and dysfunctional politically. Ask yourself, why does Jesus remain so calm? Because there is a truth to trust, a greater hope to rely on. The reign of God is bigger than the worst chaos we know and is the means to bring that chaos to order. The greater and perhaps more relevant miracle. Thank you for your company today and allowing us to accompany you. Other activities are printed in our bulletin, which you can receive by email. Just email nkchurch at, no, mail at nkchurch.org.uk or just download from the website at nkchurch.org.uk. We have the big event, which is our 375th anniversary coming up. The, the, the Sunday closest to that anniversary is Sunday the 18th. The moderator is coming to the church here and preaching and we've got breakfast beforehand, we've got cake and coffee afterwards, we've got a good day on the 18th, but that's not the only day. There's a lot of activities happening um, all the way through and our brochure is available as well. You can download that from the, the website or pick one up in the church of all the events. March is full, April, May, June have all got activities, concerts, discussions, plays, um, and various other activities then into um, September and October as well. So lots of things happening to so celebrate not being here for 375 years because we've been here longer than that, but being a parish church, a community. And so everything we do is designed around creating that community, inviting people to become, become part of a community and for us to find out more about our community. So lots of things happening. Please do pick up the brochure if you can online or just catch up, catch up with us here um, on YouTube channel as we give you details of what's happening week by week. So please do uh, enjoy the week and tell us all about it through emails or send us a photograph, etc. as we, we just share our lives together in this community. But let's gather round the community locally and globally in our prayers for others. Let us pray. In the storms, O oh God, be our coracle, the word of peace, the hope of renewal, the calm of trust. That we hold each moment in the hope of what is yet to be, something better, something more generous, something more loving. For Sudan and Yemen, for Israel and Gaza and the West Bank, for Ukraine and Russia, Syria, Myanmar, trusting the longing for peace is greater than the longing for war, seeing the life of peace is greater than the life of conflict. For a world confused by its own abilities, AI, IT, smart everything, without the morals and the ethics to hold these. Communities and generations poorer than the past that shape populism and anger and blame of everyone else, 
institutions once taken for granted, now no longer secure, the NHS, the post office, the church, all symptoms of a loss of meaning and identity. Loving God, among these restless waves and the winds of change, in the uncertainties we know and the realities we need to face, may we know your calm, your peace, your trust into the future, that the kingdom is greater, compassion is better, love is stronger. And in that faith we pray for family, for friends, those among us who are hurting and grieving, worried about illness, that seek some certainty in mental and physical illness, and for those who care and support and carry them their fear and tiredness. The kingdom is greater, compassion is better, love is stronger, and the waves dissipate, the storm empties, and tomorrow is renewed. In that coracle of hope, we find ourselves together praying for each other. So be it. Amen. Go in peace. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit, be with us through every storm and discover the calm that is the peace and love and kingdom of God. Go in that peace. Amen.